Hi folks and welcome to the Divorce Cowboy podcast. My name is Tamir Berkman and two and a half years ago I went through separation. It was the most challenging time in my life. Now as a separation coach I help men sleep better, get clarity and move forward. I hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Here we go. Hi everyone, thanks again for joining me for another episode of Divorce Cowboy. And today I'm talking with James. Hi James. Hi Tamir, thank you for having me. And uh, hello to your audience. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we connected um, a couple of months ago and I really wanted to have you on the show and have a chat about first of all, about your personal story and about your separation. So when, when did it happen? Uh, for me, it was about uh, eight years ago uh, that, uh, that my separation happened. And I had been in that relationship for nearly 22 years. And the previous uh, three years prior to separation was uh, the most rocky, uh, the most... Uh, questionable period uh, for me and it actually took about three years to get to the point of actually having a full separation after two trial separations. Mm. So what initiated the separation? Who and what happened? I was the person that initiated the separation. My uh, ex-wife would have preferred to have stayed together and she'd certainly had indicated that at the time. For me, I, for a long period of time, had felt that I was unhappy in the relationship and I'm not sure that I was able to communicate the reasons why so effectively and elegantly at the time. And when I look back on what were some of the reasons why, I would say that it's that classic situation of getting to a point where you really recognize that both you and the other person are on uh, a separate pathway. There's a separate destination. And the further between, uh, as you go along that path, the, the further the distance becomes between the two paths, which creates even more tension and more stress in the relationship. So they got to a point in time where I think that there was more that we had that were uh, in terms of interests, ideas, visions that were not in common versus those that were in common. And I, if I was to be honest, I would say that where we ended up in our marriage was now a marriage because we were married as opposed to a marriage because we wanted to be together because we enjoyed the time that we spent together. And I started to have a lot of issues and tension within me. I could really feel it within me uh, around that. And it just, it no longer felt like my future. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. So I'd love to understand the process that you went through. So you mentioned a couple of times that a um, couple of attempts to maybe, um, yeah, finish the relationship. Yeah. Come about. It's a really good question. I, you know, it's so much easier to see when you look back you can see what was happening. It's kind of like the same as if you look at someone else's relationship from the outside, you can identify quite easily what's going on. Whereas when you're in it, not necessarily is the case. So looking back, what I, what I probably didn't recognize at the time, but it's easy to see now when I look back is I felt as though 
I couldn't leave the marriage. And some of the reasons for that were society reasons, culture reasons, and reasons and rules that I'd made with myself. See, I, had, uh, I was a child of divorced parents, and I'm sure that many of your listeners are or could relate uh, or know, know of someone who's been in that situation. And one of the things that I said to myself was, well, when I grow up, I'm not going to get divorced. I'm not going to put my kids through that. I'm not going to be that parent that gets divorced and, and goes on his or her separate way. And so that was very strong within me and so, so strong to the point that uh, the level of commitment to the, to the marriage far exceeded the level of perhaps commitment and uh, compassion perhaps to myself. So I was at a point, and that's perhaps where the tension comes from. I was at this point where I recognized that, that this uh, marriage, the future, the, the, the vision of this marriage was not going in the direction that I wanted to. After a number of times of going through counseling, marriage counseling uh, for both of us, and one separate instance of going through counseling myself separately, I was still in this situation where it was uh, uh, the analogy of sort of being on the fence comes to mind. And there's a book that I came across, which is titled Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay. I forget the name of the author at this point. I'm sure you could put it in the in your in your uh notes there and within that book it was a series of I think it was 35 questions that you ask yourself and depending on whether you answer yes or no it then uh, gives some explanation or uh, an idea of what might happen for you down the track for example if you chose, yes, I'm going to stay under uh, answering that particular question or, or no, I'm going to leave, the, the, the author then gives clinical notes in her experience, what she's found, this is what you're likely to experience. Cutting a long story short, the book didn't help at all. It actually got me even more confused <laughs> because it was like, well, I recognize that I was looking for an answer. I, I Perhaps I was looking for permission I was looking for a reason I was looking for some kind of it's okay to to not fulfill the commitment that I had made to myself which was I'm not going to get divorced and I couldn't find it it didn't exist anywhere it took the best part of probably three years the final three years of my marriage to conclude that it's only up to me that permission's not going to come externally. And that when I do make that decision, part of the reason that I was concerned or fearful or worried about leaving was, well, what's going to happen financially? What's going to happen with my social circle? What's going to happen with my kids? What's going to happen? Where am I going to live? How am I going to feel about myself? Uh, all of these questions were coming up and uh, let's say that they were fears and I was avoiding those fears and I was putting it off and I was worried about how difficult that was going to be. And in the end, I recognized that I, that I really have to face that fear and may, well, the decision for me in the end was, do I want to go on living in, fear of what might happen in a relationship that I recognize has run its course in a way, pretending to be someone that I'm not, you know, you say to your friends and your family, yeah, we're happy. It's all going well. <laughs> when really there's a lot of difficulties under the surface. And I, I recognize also that uh, you don't necessarily air your dirty laundry in public, but those really close uh, to us probably didn't know 
the state that we're in, probably didn't know the circumstances that we were contemplating as in separation. So it's difficult. And uh, yeah, for me, in summary, that took that really took three years to come to that conclusion. Once I'd come to the conclusion, and that conclusion being that that it's okay and uh, okay to separate. And part of my justification was that I have children and do I want my children to grow up seeing a relationship that was pretend? Or would they like to know that their father made a decision that was within his best integrity? So that's where I got to. Mm. Thanks for sharing this. It uh, brings back my separation and I can relate on so many levels. I can relate to the um, being on the fence. I'm, I'm calling it being in limbo land and um, not telling anyone, not telling my parents, not telling my friends for uh, a couple of years. And yeah, also that, that fear of what happened, worrying about the future, um, sort of paralyzed because of the fear. And also I acknowledged a sense of shame, deep shame that I carried with me. Um, you mentioned the promise to yourself about your not getting divorced. And I... I um, as well, I think I saw divorce or separation as a failure in life, as if I failed. And it was really hard to admit to myself, even though it's not true. That's, that was my mind then. So how, how was your, how were your feelings? How, how would you, can you describe how you, dealt with your feelings and your thoughts during these three years? I don't think I did a very good job of dealing with my thoughts and feelings. Uh, I, I really wrestled with my character and I wrestled with, um, I wrestled with this point of, of, yeah, not wanting to get divorced uh, because I'd chosen a path from a very early age that I wouldn't that I wouldn't get divorced. So there were there were feelings coming up. You mentioned uh, failure, and uh, that wasn't too strong in me. Although I do acknowledge that it that it existed. I thought to myself of. I, I've been a business owner and entrepreneur for nearly 30 years, uh, 22 years at that time. And I'd often admired business owners and entrepreneurs that seemed to, and I emphasize the word seemed to, have it all. To have a successful business, to have a uh, uh, an intimate relationship that you'd see only in the movies to have time for their kids, their hobbies, their passions, their pets, their whatever it may be. And I don't, uh, look, I'm sure that that exists for some and it certainly wasn't existing in my world. And I had to come very quickly to the reality that that was not, not the case, probably not the case for many and most. And then I asked, well, am I living in a world of avoidance, uh, tapping into this kind of fantasy world as to, uh, is, it a, is it a dream that I was expecting? Did I have expectations so high that I would expect that, that in all of these areas that there would be what society would consider to be success? And I concluded, yes, that that is the case. I'm... I, my expectations are a little bit off. Uh, I recognize that 
I had a greater success in my business world and probably because I spent a lot more time there. I spent a lot more energy and it's safer. It's so much safer in business than it is in a relationship, certainly in terms of needs being met and feelings and so forth. When you're the business owner and things aren't going so well, we just fire someone or you, you go get a new client or you move offices or something like that in a relationship you it's not the same there's there's uh, equality within the relationship there's two there's two people and those two people are not necessarily always on the same page in terms of uh, rules in terms of parenting in terms of expectations from the relationship in terms of future direction of the relationship so yeah, it was a very mixed set of feelings. Um, it wasn't necessarily that failure was, was too strong, although I do recognize that it was there. For me, what I would say is that I was wrestling with certainty about the future. For example, what would run through my mind was the question of if then, if then statements, if I was to leave, then what would happen? And, and that would get specific. If I was to leave by marriage, then what would happen with seeing my kids? If I was to leave by marriage, then what would happen with my house? It probably get sold. Where would I live? If I was to leave my relationship in marriage, then who would be in my social circle? Probably not my brother-in-law. Maybe not some of my closest friends who had that, that we have known as a couple with other couples. Uh, you might hear people say, oh, when you break up, yeah, we'll still... We'll still like you both. <laughs> we'll still spend time with you both. Well, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's not true. It's difficult. And it's probably difficult for the friends and, well, family, I guess that what that really kind of makes sense that family would, would stick with family. And friends... Yeah, that's, that's a little bit more difficult and, and probably for them because they don't want to hear the uh, separating husband and wife talking about each other. And, uh, it probably just becomes one of those conversations that your friends just don't want to hear anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, after a period of time anyway, they're, they're supportive. So, uh, you know, on that, what I found was some of the people in my life that I thought that would be there weren't. And some of the people that I had no expectation that would be, that would fill that role did. So that was a very interesting experience. So yeah, the, the question that you asked about the feelings, I would say that what I was wrestling most with was certainty versus uncertainty. How much uncertainty could I really tolerate? Uh, it, it, my separation meant that there was gonna be some significant changes and I'm sure that that's the case for, for many and most who, who separate as well. I have met some people who have very amicable separations and it seems to have gone okay. And you, you question, why did you separate then? You know, it seems to be, you seem to be getting along so well. In my situation, certainly in the beginning, it wasn't as amicable as others. And I anticipated that that may, may be the case. So these if-then questions that I was asking were creating a lot of uncertainty for me. So it was an uncertain period. And I guess that I was looking for some certainty. I was, I was hoping that the fallout from separation and eventual divorce wouldn't be too bad too heavy, too difficult, too financially disruptive, socially disruptive, personally disruptive. And that's what I was thinking about. That was that was 
that was the worry. Mm. So yeah, I I was wrestling with it day and night. And I had uh, some interrupted sleep and I went through a, a short period of diagnosed depression. And I recognized that some of that probably came from really, really, really focusing on myself and uh, rather than others. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult period. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, it is very difficult. It's very challenging. And you mentioned things like um, looking at others, comparing, um, even though we just see what's on the surface, right? We don't ever know what's really going on because everybody's the same. Everybody don't want to air the dirty laundry and no, everybody's, oh, we're happy, everything is fine. And we never know. And that's why I think separation and divorce are being kept as that the secret. I didn't talk about it. Nobody else is talking about it. So it's kind of like this circle that creates more shame, more fear, more uncertainty. Um, the society definition of success, the expectations we're putting on ourselves. That's kind of like one side of it. And on the other side, you mentioned that with your business, you kind of, you know what to do, right? You know the business tools, you've been an entrepreneur, it's easy. With a relationship, you didn't know what to do. You didn't have the tools or, or nobody taught you how to do a relationship. And that's kind of like the situation, I think, that um, propagates this kind of all the um, thoughts, what will I do, the uncertainty, the and, and the sleepless nights and the depression and the um alcohol and drugs the denial the shame so thanks for sharing um i wanted to ask now you mentioned hindsight what would you do differently is there something that you think oh there's, there's an advice for the younger me going through this what will it be yeah advice you touched on there uh, education in terms of relationships uh, or skills. I think that I'm a huge advocate of training and education and I've had a, a long-term business in that area. And my specialty has been in business and customer service and uh, building culture and that type of thing within businesses. I think the same can apply in relationships and of course it takes two to tango. You need to have, uh, well, actually you probably don't need to have both parties attending. You can, you can obviously upskill for yourself yes. and you can, you can read and, and there's wonderful podcasts. Uh, uh, you're a wonderful, wonderful example of uh, specialist and, and niche topics that are available for, for folks that are going through various situations. The advice that I would give to myself would be to have educated myself a little bit more throughout the course of the relationship in terms of, I know Gottman has a wonderful book called The, uh, the Seven, something like The Seven Principles to Make Marriage Last. And it's uh, John Gottman's work distilled down from 40 years into this wonderful book uh, of the the, the seven steps to make marriage last. And that would be a, a, a great book, I think, to read early on in the marriage, to have the skills and tools to know how to really deepen and strengthen the marriage. Throughout the, the fluctuations, I think that what may have been helpful would be to have a relationship mentor, another couple that we could talk openly about who are... 10 or 20 years further down the track who could talk about the, the highs and lows of being in a relationship and some of the uh, situations that we'll be in in terms of raising young children through to teenagers 
and eventually into adults. Uh, the, the various changes that might happen from an intimacy perspective, sexual perspective. So I think a, a relationship mentor would have been some advice that I would give. And for me personally, I think that whilst I tried as hard as I could, I can genuinely say that I tried as hard as I could to balance my life or balance is a, is a difficult word. I think actually I'm going to change that to blend, to have like a work-life blend that was as workable as possible in terms of being a business operator, in terms of being a husband, in terms of being a father, in terms of having a property, in terms of having hobbies and interests and friends and sports and all sorts of things to be able to, to really balance that life whilst also having time for me and also time uh, for my ex-wife to have for her as well. And part of that is being well slept. And I can tell you that uh, I'm a person that likes to set goals and I would have a sheet on the wall each year. And I cannot tell you how many years one of my top goals personally was to sleep six to seven hours a night. And I could never do it and I could never work out why. And one day it finally occurred to me that I'm not even in bed for six to seven hours. There's no, on average, there's no way that I could on average get six to seven hours of sleep, let alone talk time, intimate time, at times that you're awake naturally. I think that I would have been a much happier, content, friendly person, even more so. I'm not saying that I wasn't those things, but I think even more so if I was really well slept. So I would advise myself to get some good sleep to really prioritize sleep. Mm -hmm. I think that sleep is really one of those foundations that you build upon for every other aspect of your life. And finally on the advice, I would advise myself that it's very nice and well to create goals and dreams of what you want when you're 15 years old, <laughs> when your parents separate and divorce in my case uh, my parents uh, started their separation and divorce at about my age of eight and that went on for a few years for them as well and at some point the decision that i'd made was that yeah that i wasn't going to get divorced so the advice that i would give is that to be careful of making absolutes it's very difficult to undo an absolute what I would have liked to have made as a decision instead of I decide I'm not going to get divorced ever, no matter what, no matter what happens, which is, well, was unrealistic and didn't eventuate and created a lot of grief and unsettled times for myself, my ex-wife, my children, those in our inner circle better advice, a better decision, I think that I would suggest a younger me to make would be to do the best that you can with what you have, to consistently and continually invest into your relationship, to educate yourself, to surround yourself with others that seem to be having a a good, strong, healthy relationship, ask great questions, but to have no absolutes, to have no absolute expectation on what's going to happen and just do your best. And I think that that's uh, advice that I would have loved to have received a direction that I would have loved to have taken rather than an absolute one, which was far more difficult in my instance. That's such good advice. And Whilst you were talking, I was thinking about 
relationships. I was thinking about me going through separation. And it was really about, for me, that that advice you just gave was so spot on also in the relationship with myself. So have someone that I can learn how to have that relationship with myself, how to grow, how to, you mentioned sleep better. Yes, invest time in myself, not lose myself in the relationship or the society or the comparison or expectations and how to focus more on and grow that, that relationship with myself. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Yeah, so I, I know you had a journey of healing and growth through and after your separation. What did you learn about yourself? I found myself lying in my single bed of my parents' home where I grew up a couple of months after I was separated. And I asked myself, how the hell did I get here? How the hell did I get back here, <laughs> back into this single bed that wasn't very comfortable? I can't believe that I slept in it for 18 years. And I was lying there and I was thinking, now what? Now what do I do? And I'd thought that thought for many nights in this single bed as I lay there and I thought, what has my life come to? How did I get here? And I made a decision that I wasn't going to go down a path of poor me. And if you imagine a record player with a, with a record and on one side of it being poor me and on the other side being, yeah, let's make the most of this. What can come from this? What are the positives? And I was still navigating obviously a very tricky time with, I think post-separation is uh, it's a very interesting journey. You are dealing with navigating this new plane of where do you live and what do you do and who do you speak to? And you're also navigating and, and perhaps grieving these past feelings, grieving the loss of the relationship. And uh, I know in my instance, and I'm sure in many and most, I, I still had feelings for my ex-wife. I had positive feelings, that is. I had uh, fond feelings of my old home, my old social network. And there's grieving those aspects as well. So I'm lying in the single bed and I just make a decision that I'm going to flip the record over. I'm not going to go down the path of poor me. I'm going to care for myself. I'm not going to deny what's happened. And I'm, I'm not going to deny the feelings that I'm having. But I decided that I'm going to sit with those feelings. I'm going to explore those feelings. And I'm going to, to almost seek to understand my own feelings, my, my own self. And then set, set about on this journey of newness, new discoveries, new horizons, new opportunities, new freedoms. I had not been a single man. I was together with my ex for 22 years from the age of 18 to 40. So being single was a very interesting situation. Mm. I had very little skill at being single. For most of my life, I had not been single. I didn't really know what to do. The last time that I was single, the internet didn't exist. So therefore there was no online dating, whereas it seemed like online dating really was the thing. How do you do a profile picture? And what do you write? And what's dating all about? And it's very interesting dating at 40 versus dating at 17. <laughs> you know, it's very, very, very different. 
most of it positive, not all of it. So yeah, what did I do during that period in terms of how did I navigate that? Yeah, again, the record, I flipped the record. I chose to be as positive as possible. I wanted to, for the time that I uh, was see when I was seeing my kids for the, for those times, I wanted to, to, to really invest into them, but to be able to invest into them, I needed to move through this period of healing for myself. How do you give to your kids if your cup's empty, if it's cracked, if it's broken, if it's leaking, it's probably a terrible situation for them. So that period was, I would, I would think of it using the analogy of the cup, repair work, gluing the pieces back together, polishing the cup, figuring out how to, how to restore the cup, how to, how to put something into the cup so that there was something to be able to give. And mm -hmm. some of that was through new friendships, not specifically uh, relationships with, uh, with the opposite sex, but, but um, meaningful male relationships, other uh, new, new buddies, um, older men, younger men, uh, that were some were married, some were single, some were somewhere in the middle, and to have a just a mixture of conversations, a mixture of uh, opportunities to be able to explore, you know, what was going on and to to talk and and I found that that was very very helpful, just to be able to have a group of of men that that I could speak to without judgment. Where did you find this group of men? How did it come about? Some of them were already in my circle. Uh, I'd mentioned that uh, whilst I was going through separation and divorce, some of the friends that I was hoping <laughs> that I could uh, lean on uh, weren't necessarily as available as I'd liked. And some, some others uh, appeared and I'm conscious that sometimes when you make a space in your life that, that it's filled by someone or something. And I, I would say that with the uh, going through separation and, and a, a restructure of my social circle, that there was space. And so there were men who were on the fringe of my social circle who came a lot closer. Uh, for example, in one instance, there was a, a man who also was going through a separation around about the same time. It was a, a couple of months later. And it was perfect timing because I was, I was, I'd been living with back with my parents for about a month. And I was like, this is horrible. I, 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 I really appreciate the opportunity to have a, a safe haven for a short period of time whilst I figure out my financials and my next step and, and where am I going to move to and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and at the same time, I recognized that it was, uh, it was uh, not where I wanted to be living, living in my old bedroom where I grew up sleeping in my old single bed that was clumpy and uh, very uncomfortable. So there was a man who appeared in my life uh, uh, maybe three or four years prior and, and, we, I wouldn't say we were best friends. We, we, we had a good relationship. We went out from time to time. We had shared interests. We had shared background in terms of business. And he was the man who also was going through a separation. And his offer to me was irresistible. He said, I have a home with five bedrooms and my partner and blended kids have, uh, are moving out. So I have an empty house and I've got a lease for at least the next 12 months and I'm looking for someone to share that with. And I'm like, great. I have a clumpy bed. <laughs> it's a single bed. 
and I'm uh, very ready to explore a new chapter of my life as well. So yeah, let's do it. And we moved in together and uh, we actually lived together for approximately two and a half years over two different properties. And it was a wonderful experience because uh, that man had been through a divorce uh, roughly 15 years prior and was going through a, uh, a, a breakup with uh, a long-term uh, partner. And he was also about 10 years older than me. And he was able to be a really good guide in terms of what was going on for me, what I could expect, uh, and in terms of reconnecting with my children and um, and being able to move forward in a, in a positive way. So yeah, he was a shining light. He was uh, he was a, a good bloke. We got along very well, and uh, and yeah, had had a good time. Um, exploring and navigating for what was for us both uh, a an interesting single period. Yeah, so I think that the 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 men um, the men just kind of appeared uh, while while there was space in my life and there was opportunities, uh, and I was probably feeling in a different way. Uh, as in, what I mean by that is. Uh, it was kind of like the Phoenix rising, you know, you go through a difficult situation and I think uh, maybe many of your listeners can relate that, that once you've gone through the separation and once a lot of the, the difficult components are cleared, like financial settlement, like figuring out custody, like figuring out where are you going to live, figuring out, who's got your back, you know, those sorts of things. Once you've, once you've navigated that, and that's, you know, in my instance, that was probably 12 to 18 months, uh, maybe even a little bit longer, actually, if I really think about it, probably two years before there was this new space, this new growth, like a spring, you know, the, the, the greenery coming through right after the bushfire. Um, yeah, it was, it was a different state, a different feeling. And, uh, uh, able to to move forward with this additional energy and gusto. Mm. There's so many similarities with my journey and how also I met a man that became a mentor and he had a place, a little granny flat in the back of his new place that he's just got a that he just bought. And um, I just went, hey, what do you think? Can I, can I move in? And he's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And I was there for two and a half years. And yeah, that was um, the man that introduced me to men's circles. So I really see the similarity and I really see the, the, the strength of, yeah, coming together with another man, another male to um, together go through this and to support each other. Yeah. Um, you mentioned also being single after 22 years, the internet, dating apps probably just started. Um, how was dating as a, as, a, as a single separated man, newly single man in his 40s? Yeah, it's a very interesting experience. There there's a lot of single people and there's a lot of choice and my thumb got sore, you know, with the swiping, right? It's like, well, there's, there's a lot here. And uh, my thumb got sore from texting because you do a lot of texting and uh, a lot of first dates and some of those become second dates. And um, yeah, I, I found it to be both very exciting and, and also daunting. I know there's a lot of studies that are done on it. If you give to people too much choice, there's no way they can ever make a decision. It's a little bit like that. It's like, oh, wow. Um, it, was a, it was a rejuvenating period. It was... Um, 
it was a nice time to to meet some other people and to explore uh, up until the time that I had been uh, first with my uh, ex-wife uh, at the age of 18, I'd only had a couple of relationships, like literally one in high school for six months and, and then another one uh, just at the conclusion of high school before I'd, uh, I'd met my then became my wife and and I'd been in a relationship for 22 years so I I found myself the reason it was daunting I was I think I was very inexperienced I felt competent as a man I felt competent in in and confident to to navigate this space although i was very conscious that i i'd had very little experience with with meeting new women with going on dates with exploring and yeah it was it was um it was an interesting time <laughs> it's okay, it's like that it was it was right. it was interesting it was interesting because um I'm really aware that it, it it's kind of like when you when you start dating and 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 this is this is not just specifically uh, dating uh, in your 40s. I'm sure this happens at, at all kind of age brackets, but it feels like you're sending your best self on a date, and you're having a date with their best self. And you're bullshitting each other with all the, you know, you're trying to be authentic. But it's like a job interview. To, yeah, it's like a job interview. That's right. That's right. You're 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 authentically you, whilst at the same time you're conscious that that well, in order to get a second date, well, there's a part that you you you're basically wanting to put your best foot forward, right? I, I'm not suggesting that you're pretending to be someone that you're not or anything like that, but you're certainly putting your best foot forward and you might not be talking about your greatest difficulty or greatest pain or greatest suffering or I don't know. Anyway, and it takes, you know, it takes a good, I, my experience was six to 10 dates before you really kind of get to know who that person is and, and who you are maybe really shines through for that person as well. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 for that reason, I think it was interesting because you, uh, or I, I'll say from the iframe, so I was navigating some, what I thought was a, the potential beginning of a relationship and then a wheel falls off and then it's kind of, you start all over again and then you're back to an app and your thumb's getting sore again. And 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 so there was many kind of restarts and um and yeah, but there was one that uh, there was one that really that really stood out for me, and uh, I probably haven't mentioned to your listeners yet that I got remarried about a year ago. And for any man who actually, some advice that you asked earlier, what advice would I give my younger self in terms of the no absolutes? I'd say that. There's no doubt that going through a divorce and separation is shit. It's messy. It's difficult. It's confronting. It's really, really hard in so many ways. Yet, once you've navigated that period, and gone through a spring <laughs> a regrowth there's the opportunity to attract and meet and fall in love all over again and and that's been really nice i really enjoyed that we just celebrated just literally yesterday our one year anniversary and I know that's not yet a long relationship, uh, but this time feels a little bit different. 
I know it's not the question that you asked. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, what's 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 difference? What is the difference this time? Yeah, I'm different. I recognize that part of my previous marriage and how I was showing up in that marriage. And that's relative to the age that I was. I'm a, I'm a decade older from having left that marriage and three decades older from beginning that marriage. And I think it would be a travesty if I hadn't grown in, be a waste of 30 years if I hadn't grown during that period. So I've grown. I've, I, how I've grown specifically is rather than relying on a relationship to make me whole. I show up to the relationship as whole as possible. As, as available as possible, as interested in my partner as possible. Consistently, most of the time being a key because there's days that that does not happen. There's days I don't come anywhere near that. But consistently, as much as possible, most of the time. And therefore, the relationship becomes this place and space of having two people who are feeling very good in themselves and about themselves and meeting in space and time. Most of the time, not all the time, I can assure you. Yeah. Uh, whereas, um, whereas I recognize in my earlier years, especially the first decade of, uh, not the first decade of life, the first decade of relationship uh, being in my relationship, so from 18 to 28, let's say. Uh, yeah, I, I was a rookie. I was learning. I'm grateful for my ex-wife for putting up with me and all, the, all my crap. Uh, I, I recognize that I saw the relationship more so as making me whole as filling me up as opposed to already being filled. I didn't quite come out right. Fulfilled, filled, and being able to just, uh, just to, to feel like, to feel like I've already, I'm already filled up. I'm already enough. Or there's already my cups full. And, and there's plenty to go around, plenty for myself, plenty for my wife, plenty for my kids, plenty for my friends, colleagues, you know. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice place to be. Yeah, that's so good. It was amazing to hear you saying, um, when I asked, oh, what's, what's different? You said, oh, I'm different. And yeah. that, that taking of responsibility and um, that journey of growth and awareness um, for you and, and listening it from you is quite amazing. So, yeah, I, I wanted to say thank you for, for this because there's so much gold in this episode that, that you've provided and you're so eloquent and accurate in how you speak about this. So really thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I really, uh, I, I appreciate your words. And I acknowledge the really the great work that you're doing Tamir, in your podcast and in the work that you do to help men through the separation stage, which is a difficult and interesting and um, it's like the Wild West. So I think the divorce cowboy really fits. <laughs> it really is the Wild West, those few years after separation. So uh, thank you to you for all that you do. 
That's right, no worries. And I know we discussed it um, that we're gonna also um, have space to talk about what you do. I would love to have another episode to talk about what you do, but until then, maybe you can just tell a little bit about what you do now and how you um, support men in their journeys. Thank you. I look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, it's funny how the time has flown. It's uh, mm. <laughs> we've, we've come to the end of your episode. Uh, in summary, when I found myself in some difficult situations in my life, I ask myself now, looking back, what could have made a difference for me? And I think that that is having or being involved with men's circles, men's groups, which you touched on before. You've had that experience. I've had that experience more recently. And I really feel that there is the opportunity so so why you might be wondering well why why men's groups these men's groups are typically somewhere between eight and ten men who come together on a regular basis there's a consistency and by coming together on a regular basis there's trust formed there's intimacy formed there's the opportunity to be able to talk without judgment about what's going on but also uh, what I think is so important is continuity, consistency in your group. So in my case, when I went through a separation, I had a significant change to my social network. Some of the closest people in my life were mixed families uh, that were no longer, I guess, my family or no longer connected to me by family as I'm going through a separation. And it would be difficult to remain very close, I think, with or to even have an expectation that my brother-in-law would be close in my life now that I'm exiting that marriage. Uh, respectful, yes, but close, probably not. Some men out there do speak of having those ongoing relationships, and I take my hat off to you if if you're one of those to be able to to be able to to do that. I think that that's uh, you're very gifted, and I'd love to know the secret on how you do that. I certainly was not able to. So what I found was that my my social fabric had lots of tears and holes, and the 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 netting had started to come apart there was there was some significant gaps some of it was burnt it was this piece of cloth that was just uh there was gaps all over the place and it was difficult it, it feels it's hard it's hard um having a a, a, a sudden uh, significant change in your social fabric and what I found uh, more recently is by being involved with men's groups, being involved with men's circles, that there's a constant that whether you're going through a separation, whether it's a change in work life, uh, a sea change, a tree change, whether you move towns, whether you live in a country town and, and maybe it's difficult to to speak with those around you about some, some difficult issues. Maybe you feel like you don't want to speak to a counselor or, or someone at a professional level. You just want to have a group. So for me, I recognize that if I could have a group of men that I could meet with on a consistent and regular basis, that would make a big difference in my life. So I created something called man online. The MAN is an acronym and it stands for Men's Accountability Network. Online, so that men could meet online, there's a convenience factor. And there's, in my opinion, in some of the research shows, an increased confidentiality factor because you're not necessarily meeting with men in your geographical territory. You're meeting 
with men who have a commonality. It might be men who've recently gone through divorce. It might be men who are starting a new family, new dads, for example. It might be men who are close to retirement age. There's some kind of commonality as opposed to geography that binds these men together. So there's an increased confidentiality as well because it might be a man who's in Bensdale speaking to a man in Beaufort that is many, many, many hundreds of kilometers away. They don't uh, traverse the same uh, social or community networks and they can speak very freely about what's going on for them. So Man Online came from my past experience of losing a significant amount of my social network in a, in a real hurry. So this would be one leg of the chair that would uh, be fixed and firm. Maybe that solid leg that goes into the ground of a stool. Mm. And the online component, uh, more so thanks to COVID. Mm. We became a lot more tech savvy. Video conferencing was a norm. Uh, I think the technology is so much better than it has been. And by being able to, to um, see that throughout COVID, uh, I was involved with a number of business networking groups. And so many of the men and women would say, if it wasn't for this group, I would be feeling even more lost, even more distressed, even more concerned about what's going on. This group, this gathering has been so powerful to uh, overcome any kind of isolation. So I combined my desire and uh, idea for men's groups. And I know that there's a lot of groups out there already that do really, really great work. It's not a reinvention of the wheel. What it is, is it's an addition to the wheel, a couple of new spokes uh, by being able to have an online version that's deliberately built upon the foundation of online. So this is not like men's groups that deliberately meet in person that say, oh, let's just get online because we can't meet or it's a bit easier. This is deliberately building a foundation online so that it's uh, that it works, that it utilizes the tech, that it's uh, the, the tools and skills that are uh, developed to be able to be delivered online. They're supported by uh, a strong structure, a facilitator and a slide deck that really reinforces the learning and the points. Uh, it's based upon uh, a foundation also of, uh, in terms of structure, um, your typical opening and closing uh, rituals like a check-in and a check-out. And in the middle, there's education, there's themed topics, anger, stress, fathers, mothers, parenting, divorce, which are topics that are designed to engage men in a way that they can learn, they can arm themselves, they can prepare themselves for the time that uh, the challenges and joys of life that come around to us uh, find each man. Not every man enters into crisis, but each man has his challenges and joys to navigate. So Man Online is a forum by men, for men, talking men stuff. Right, what's the URL? It is manonline.com.au. Right. And I'm going to put it uh, as a link in uh, the episode description as well. And um, a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going through this process with you. And I thought it was really great, really um, a safe container for me to share and I thought the facilitation was spot on and you held space for me in a really grounded beautiful way so thank you well thank you for that feedback uh, I, I'm grateful that you had that experience and I appreciate you 
coming through one of the pilots. We've been doing pilots. Uh, so this was a concept that has become a proof of concept over the last 12 months. And uh, we've run pilots and I appreciate to me your feedback and your contribution to, uh, to uh, working towards this as a, as a proof of concept, uh, this concept man online. And uh, yeah, what, what you gave was um, uh, the effect of planting a tree that provides shade for, uh, for, for men that, that you and I have not yet met. <laughs> so right. thank you for your contribution. I'm looking forward to sitting under that tree with you again soon. Beautiful. I look forward to that too. Thanks, James. Talk soon. Bye. All right. See you. Thanks for tuning in to another Divorce Cowboy episode. If you or anyone you know is going through separation, please check out divorcecowboy.com.au for free downloads and resources. Or shoot me an email at tamir, T-A-M-I-R, at divorcecowboy.com.au or catch me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Until then, keep moving forward.